I think it's safe to say that our lives are marked by beginnings and endings. Each day, we look for starting and ending points, like going to and leaving from work, waiting for our favorite show or a new adventure to begin, planning a trip, awaiting dinner time with friends. We hold these images close, their sight, feel, sound, smell, taste. This applies to writers. It all makes sense why writers take such thought and care to create strong introductions and to develop powerful conclusions. Today's episode is all about ways to expose your students to more leads and conclusions so they can begin incorporating them into their own writing. If you're ready to dive in, I will meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Just when I thought I would give up, the unimaginable happened. She finally did it. Did I grab your attention? Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. I love writing and I am ready to dive into ways to help your students generate better writing leads and conclusions in their writing. The idea of a writing hook and writing conclusion holds a lot of weight when it comes to writing a composition. In short, introductions should grab a reader's attention to make them want to continue on without thinking twice. And conclusions? Those should leave that same reader feeling satisfied and feeling like the time spent reading was well worth it. No regrets. Like all things, Teaching strategies are the solution. I am diving into six strategies to help your students focus on generating their own attention-grabbing leads and jaw-dropping conclusions. The best leads and endings don't just magically appear. They don't just happen. They are crafted. They are planned. This process absolutely takes practice. After all, What doesn't require practice if you want to be truly effective at something? When we teach children how to generate these beginnings and endings using their own drafts and exposing them to the great models and examples of others, they will become more effective and better at developing them on their own. So let's get into it. Strategy number one, explore examples. Exploration will be the driving force to getting your students generating their own leads and conclusions. This can easily come from conducting read-alouds from your favorite authors or titles. Have students read the first sentence or paragraph of these mentor texts to the whole class. As a whole group, open the doors of communication. Discuss whether the opening makes them want to keep reading and have them explain why. It is helpful to keep a running chart or list of student responses. A simple T-chart that shares what they liked and what they did not like will help transfer that idea 
over to their drafts when considering their potential audience and ways to grab their attention. After the discussion, and I encourage you to not breeze over this learning opportunity, you're going to read the whole story. You will want to pay special attention to the ending. Have this meaningful dialogue with your students. Discuss with them how it made them feel. You will want to jot down their feedback on a separate chart. You want to create these two charts, one for the beginnings and one for the endings, as a group. You will want to classify the beginnings they read according to their attributes. Maybe they contained engaging dialogue. Maybe they included a climactic moment at the start of it. Maybe they gave facts or information or shocking statistics that grabbed their attention. Maybe there was a moral shared. You want to classify as many of the categories as you can identify through reading. You will do the same process for the endings chart. Your identified categories may be predictions, reflections about the lives and events, might be circling back and repeating the beginning, summary statements, maybe they included a way to take action. It is important to have these discussions and to allow your students to be the ones who are leading it. Later, in your individual or group writing conferences, you will want to refer to these charts and specific book titles or authors to make the connection to help students think about trying those same techniques in their potential hooks and conclusions. If you're only focusing on, let's say, writing hooks, you could easily use the books that you have in your own classroom. Pull a book title and read that first line or the first paragraph and get your students' feedback. Let them share what they liked about it or what did not capture their attention, and you can use that as your teaching points to what your students can try in their own writings to either gain or to try to stay away from the feelings that they shared that they felt when hearing that first line or that first paragraph. Strategy number two, share your own drafts. I love doing this, and it does not take long to prep. You will show three different rough starts or finishes that you have written. The actual body paragraphs are not important at all. You will begin by saying something like, I really feel passionate about the issues in the environment when it comes to pollution. I generated three possible openers to my essay. Could you help me select which one is best? Then you want to show them the three pieces of paper with the three different leads. Read your examples aloud. Let me tell you why you should not pollute. Pollution is really bad for the planet Earth. Did you know that pollution is one of the biggest global killers affecting over 100 million people? Or maybe you are writing a narrative about a time when you are really proud of yourself. Have you ever been proud of yourself? You wouldn't believe everything I had to do that led up to that gold medal that I won. I remember a time when I was very proud. Have your class decide which one works best and which ones are not very strong. A lot time for students to defend how they made their selections and their overall choice. 
This is important as students will remember these examples and lessons and will try or stay away from certain leads based on what they have learned through the feedback. You will repeat the same mini lesson teaching for showcasing your potential conclusions. Share three of your choices and let your students discuss why some are strong and why others are not the best to use as an ending to the composition. Again, you are not having to write or even show a whole complete draft. You're only showing the introduction or the writing hook or the ending part or the conclusion. It is a powerful practice for your students to be able to see that you yourself are a writer too and that you are sharing this whole writing process practice with them by way of your personal drafts. So this is a powerful strategy that I love. And now let's go into strategy number three, which is to explore what doesn't work. This is a key strategy when evaluating the strength of a conclusion. With endings, it is almost best to focus on teaching students what not to do. Depending on one's purpose and audience, there are a series of ways to finish the genre of writing, but there are a few endings that just need to be on the quote-unquote stay-away list in your class. Teaching students to recognize these few examples will hopefully result in them avoiding them altogether and will allow them to focus on crafting more original closings. First, the dreaded, and then we went home, or, and then I went to bed, or, the end. (laughs) Students sometimes get super focused on chronology and add how the day or event ended, By bringing this to their attention as a weak way to close out such an incredible action-filled piece of writing, you will quickly eliminate lots of those abrupt conclusions. Second, repetition. Here, I do not mean the circle lead ending combo. This is when the writer just keeps on repeating the main point, but doing it so much that the piece actually loses effectiveness. It is important not to litter. People really shouldn't litter. You aren't being kind to the environment when you litter. Littering has to end. All those statements can be wrapped up into one powerful concluding statement, and if they do a great job conveying this throughout the piece of writing with strong reasonings and details, then they will not have to reiterate something that is already clear to the reader. It is less about quantity and more about quality. Lastly, leaving loose ends. Now, this ultimately leaves the reader hanging because the piece of writing has no ending or it just states the obvious, like, that was a bad idea, or it was all a dream. Instead of stating the known, you can help your students explore ways to show or describe that it was a bad idea, or that it was all a dream. Like, for instance, if it was all a dream, Your students could write, suddenly I heard, beep, beep, beep. I sat up, rubbed my eyes, and wondered where I was. Things started to look familiar. I was actually still in my room, still in my bed. Then it hit me. Now it all made sense. Now, from that ending, the reader will infer that the author realized that the entire story 
that they just read was actually all just a dream. The writer does not have to physically state that. These next two strategies are great for students to pair up or to work in groups to practice this writing skill. Hey teachers, I'm interrupting this episode for a quick moment because if you're listening to this podcast, then I'll bet you have students who dread writing time. Or maybe you are out of ideas, time, and energy when it comes to planning your writing block. You work so hard, so for once, give yourself the gift of having the planning done for you. My monthly writing prompts are trusted by hundreds of teachers and are a no-prep way to spark your students' interest in writing while highlighting special days that occur worldwide. The best part? There's a prompt for every single day of the year. Did I mention that it's already done for you? So what are you waiting for? Head to theliteracydive.com slash prompts to grab your year-long bundle of writing prompts. Strategy number four, use storytelling. Here, you are going to have students pair up and talk about a story for their narrative piece, or they can use their actual writing pieces from Writer's Workshop. As each student becomes a speaker or storyteller, the listeners or audience, will write down at which point their interest became piqued and will have a time to share their notes with the storyteller at the end of the story. I personally do not recommend putting students in groups of more than three or four due to the intentional time that you want to provide for each storyteller to have a chance to orally tell their story and for the partner or group members to take notes and share that feedback. So this idea of using storytelling is so powerful because the writer, the speaker, is going to just share the story, and based on the feedback of the people who are listening, they are going to get several ways that they can potentially start their piece of writing. So whatever the other students that listened found were most interesting or most exciting or the part that they liked best, the writer can then think about which strategy form that they can be able to plug in one of those key exciting pieces to grab their reader from the beginning and encourage them to read the remainder of the story. Strategy number five is peer assistance. This strategy is super effective in that it could relieve your student, the writer, from the burden and hassle of writing the lead and conclusion on their own. Yes, you heard me correctly. You are going to have each student give a classmate only the first line of a writing piece he or she is working on. Only the first line. To ensure the entire composition isn't being shared, I like to hand index cards to students. They will write their first line on the index card. The person who receives the index card has to read the first line and write something to expand the line if they like it, or they can delete it and offer an original replacement lead if they don't really like it. Students will be able to reference any anchor charts or mentor text examples to help spark creativity or the type of lead to be generated, like a question, a thought, or dialogue may work best. 
Now, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to a great scaffolded writing hooks and writing conclusions anchor chart set that provide the independent support and works wonders during the strategy for all students. So I'm going to link that in the show notes so that you can be able to put some different generated ideas and ways to start and end writing pieces into their hands. But if the student likes what the person suggested, then that child can actually use what was given to them from a classmate to begin their writing. Of course, you would need to model anything you are having pairs do in your class so that they understand the expectations and goals of the mini lesson. And this is the same process that you can also do for ending your writing, for conclusions. This activity reduces the struggle of finding leads or endings all on a student's own. And they also can avoid students becoming overly invested in that first line of the draft and not able to move past it so that the rest of the writing doesn't actually happen. There are going to be so many opportunities to revise, but you want to draw attention that the first line is important. And since each child is responsible in creating a lead or a conclusion, even if it's for a peer, the practice is still there and happening. So speaking of revisions, we are now diving in to our final and maybe most important strategy. Strategy number six, rework the beginning of a first draft. Now, we want students to pay attention to how they are beginning their writing at the start, but That is not to say that what they selected will actually make it to the end, and oftentimes it won't. But the important reason for that is to teach that beginnings matter. So it is important to ensure that your students understand that the time to really refine and create the most powerful beginning will be after they have completed their first drafts. At this stage, students will return to their original beginning, and there are no strings attached. They have the power to completely abandon the original to create a more powerful lead. They can tweak and refine the existing hook to provide mystery and suspense. They can also ask for feedback from their peers on a couple of top runners. Talk to your students. It is crucial to tell them that even the best-selling authors have to revise and tweak sentences and paragraphs before generating the strongest ones. Let them know that making the choice on behalf of their audience to completely revamp the entire introduction is worth it if it makes their writing more powerful. They shouldn't feel scared or upset about this. It is a good feeling to know that the value of their writing is going to improve because of their generated lead or the way they end their writing. Writing is hard work. After your students have gone through the motions a few times, learning the power that a strong beginning holds, they are going to be more likely and willing to find the areas that need to be redone, and they're just going to do it. In this important revision stage after the initial draft is complete, you have to remember that you have probably had your students identify and classify 8, 10, maybe 15 different leads. That can be overwhelming. 
So making sure that your students learn and feel comfortable with a few universal leads, like these forms can work well for almost any piece of writing, that is going to be your best bet. There are a few leads that work really well because it completely draws from your students using their own writing and experience as a basis for writing them. They are effective but does not require them to get super risky. If your students know these leads, they may be less likely to have to make too many brutal cuts and revisions, which allows them to feel success and to continue on the road to becoming a stronger writer. So I am going to go through a few leads that I have always loved to make sure that my students knew how they worked so that if nothing else, they could draw from one of these three. The first being a climactic lead. Here, your students will pretty much introduce the conflict immediately, drawing their readers in right from the start. Some books build up to the conflict, but others just suck you right in at the start. And so that is important for them to know that they can start their writing that way. The second being the circular lead ending combination. This is easy to create because it brings the composition full circle. They open one way and then close in a very similar way. It is a clean way to begin and to end. The last way that I like to ensure that they know how to incorporate is sharing feelings and emotions. With this, your students will put into words how they feel about the topic or the story. Because they experienced it, or they created the plot, structure, or they understand the information shared, they can easily set the tone and mood by sharing emotion and feeling. This is a great way to connect with the reader on a personal level and attach to their heartstrings. Lastly, a common lead that will not lead your kids astray is the dialogue lead. Teach your students to scan their writing until they reach the first quote and consider moving it to the start of their composition. If that first quote doesn't serve the purpose of being a strong lead to start that piece of writing, encourage them to look for other quotes in their writing that might do the job. Or I also like to encourage them that, hey, you can create a new one to pull someone in by the words of someone in that writing and add it to the front and then continue on until that moment pops up. Again, this is going to be the same process for student revisions that they can be able to do with their conclusions. Okay, I have shared a lot with you today, but start small. If one of these strategies piqued your curiosity, give that one a try. Know that this episode will be here, so revisit it, listen to this episode again, check the show notes at any time. It is here for you. I thank you so much for spending a portion of your day with me learning about generating leads and conclusions. If you are enjoying this podcast, I want to invite you to rate and review this show. To stay in the loop, whenever new episodes drop on Mondays, be sure to follow the Literacy Dive podcast. As a final statement for this episode, I can sum it up best this way. 
If you take some time to make leads and endings the focus of your lessons, you will be surprised at how quickly your students' overall writing skills will improve. Don't miss these impactful opportunities for your students. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.